happy Saturday. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to episode eight of Saturday Conversations. Today's episode, I pray, will be filled with revelation and insight in Jesus' mighty name. Today, I had to bring on a guest that I connected with on social media a couple months ago, and I just love how God is using her to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ through social media. So please help us welcome Lisa to the conversation. Lisa, what's up? Hey. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Doing well. So before we get into the topic, let's introduce yourself to people who don't know you. Um, I'm Lisa Ferreras, and I am the owner of Anna Ministry. Anna stands for A Neighbor's Atonement. Okay. Um, okay. And it also was my sister's name. Okay. So what happened with your sister, if you don't mind us? Um, yeah. So unfortunately, my sister passed in 2019. It was sudden. It was unexpected. She was not sick. It was just, um, you know, it was just a heart, her heart stopped beating. And so it was just very, you know, unexpected. Um, but through that, the birth of my ministry came and hopefully um, something bad can turn into something wonderful. Good. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. So the Bible does say that you will, you will sow in sorrow, but then you reap in harvest. So I know your sister's just smiling down on you right now because you are now um you leaving her legacy through the ministry yes. and her birth so anything else that was so short do you not like to talk about yourself um what else you have to ask me questions with the with these types of questions of tell me about yourself i am terrible <laughs> um you have to ask me uh, okay um so where do you, where where are you from um well I, I live in new jersey okay um most of my life i've lived in new jersey um, born and raised, and then my parents are from the Dominican Republic. Okay, so are you a Knicks fan or a Nets fan? I don't really care about sports. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you have a son, right? Yes. Okay. So what's your son's name? How old is he, and stuff like that? So my son is um, 15 years old. His okay. name is Giovanni. He, he's someone that, you know what, um, I actually made a video on my ministry about um, when I found out that I was pregnant yeah. because I was 17. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm a young mom. Most most kids at that age are worried about college. And so um, I had the choice of whether or not I should continue or terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. And so that was a really tough time in my life. But um, I use it now and to minister to other people um, because I am pro-life. Yeah. So I make sure to let others know, you know, it's not just a clump of cells. It's another life, you know, that we, it's separate from us, Yeah. you know? So um, I definitely use that for good as well. So my question is, do you think you'd be along with your ministry if it wasn't for your son? I, I, do, I can't imagine life without him. Mm -hmm. No, honestly, I can't even imagine living in my home where I'm at now. I think my life would just be so different. Um, you know, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. So do you think like, you know, having your son made you pretty much grow up because you're caring for another human being? at that Yeah, point? it just gave my life more perspective. It made me realize, you know, um, it's, it's just not all about me. Now it's about him. And, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's truly life changing. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, unfortunately, some people um, they don't I don't say they, they don't appreciate, you know, um, having children because you have, um, 
you know, some men like, you know, they're not really responsible or some women are not responsible, mm-hmm. but truth is, you know, it is, it is a blessing. Yeah. It is a blessing. Yeah. And that's what the Bible says in a book of Psalms. It says that children is a, is a gift from God. So, yes. So I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't have any kids yet, but I do have a little nephew and he's just adorable. Um, so I saw him last week and we were just playing around and things like that. So I, I truly believe that sometimes kids can get on your nerves. Yes. With, with every, with every burden, there's a blessing. So that's what I, yes. <laughs> so y'all see the thumbnail, y'all see the title. Y'all already know what we're talking about. Let's get into it. How to handle your value. What I realized, Lisa, is there's so many people walking around not knowing their value. There's so many people struggling to see their value. And they don't know that they are invaluable and not unvaluable. Because the devil wants to whisper in people's ears that you're unvaluable, you're not worth it. So some people are going through, sometimes like you should just end it all. I'm here to tell you right now that you will be missed. I don't care what the devil is whispering in your ear. If you decide to take a life, you will be missed. There's a reason why God created you. And that's, there's a reason why God placed your purpose inside of you. So do not listen to the whispers of the enemy. Know that you're loved and you are chosen. In Psalm 139, verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God took his time with you. You are so unique. And there's no one exactly like you on this planet. So Lisa and I's goal through this conversation is to help you realize your value and how to handle your value in the world we live in today. So Lisa, my first question to you is, where does a person get their value from? So I believe um, it's a combination of things. Um, But the most important thing is your value should be determined in who you are in Christ. Um, When you think of, you know, our upbringing, our friends, the books that we read, the type of movies and shows that we watch, all of those things that we consume um, influence our thoughts. Yeah. So I read this quote that says something like, you are a combination of the five most closest people to you. Yeah. And the Bible says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So who you keep around is going to is going to determine almost the outcome of your life. Who who you get your advice from. Right. If you're having problems with um, your relationship and you get your advice or your wisdom from someone who is bitter. The advice is not going to be from a place of compassion. It's not going to be from a place of forgiveness. It's going to be from a place of anger and bitterness. So, you know, who you go to is really important. And ultimately, our value is in Christ. Um, No one can change that. Um, People can leave, people can, you know, betray you, but Christ is constant and unchanging. And once you find your value in Christ, you genuinely, um, people can try, but they can't destroy you. Come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. Cause like they will come and attack you and attack you and attack you. But then you realize that I am standing with the rock of ages. I'm standing from the, I'm standing with the person who the devil try to keep up and wraps in a grave, but even he has the keys to hell, death in the grave. So that is so good. You want to say, something? I saw, yeah. I saw a video of, um, ha, this, what is the, is that very known pastor? 
Um, but he says something like, when you are under attack, just understand that the demons in hell were having a huddle about you. Yeah. They were saying this person is about to hit their purpose. We need to put all our demons on deck and let's go attack because we don't want them to prosper. Yeah. We want to stop them from going to their purpose. So if you can overcome whatever it is that, that you're dealing with. Just understand that that attack is a spiritual warfare. It is straight from the pits of hell. And it's only to see if they can knock you off of your course that God has for you. For sure, because like people know that in, in, in war strategy, you don't attack a weak person. You always try to attack the strong person first. So if you're getting attacked, you should you should be happy because now you know that you, that God has placed something inside of you. The devil is trying to knock you off your track because that's why that's why James says, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you go through trials and tribulations of all kinds. Because yes. James knew that when you get attacked, the devil already knows. He knows what you're going to do. He can't stop you. He can only influence your mind to make decisions that will delay you. But he can never destroy your destiny because he never created your your destiny. Right. Exactly. It, it's, it's also another thing I saw that says the devil can't curse you, but he can get you to curse you. Yep. yep. So you got to be careful what you say as well over your life and what you say over your friends and your family. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. Um, with my son, especially, I check myself when I see that I may be saying some things that are um, life giving, you know, that, yeah. that don't give life. And so I've learned to turn that around so that I can speak life over them yeah. um, because we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes and that's OK. But, you know, so long as if you're in the word and you and you have a relationship with Christ, you can see those things and you have discernment and you can actually witness, oh, okay, I'm doing what the Bible says not to do. Mm-hmm. And you stop yourself. But if you don't have that type of relationship, you'll be easier, um, easily influenced by the devil and yeah. his demons because you don't have that personal relationship with Christ. Yeah. And when you get that personal relationship with Jesus, that's when you start to like get into his word and then you realize that, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. But as you said, if you're not really close with somebody, what breaks their heart won't break yours. And that's why I see what the world yes. is. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm okay. agreeing with you. So that's that's what I see now is like, even with Christians, some Christians, they don't really sympathize with people, have compassion with people because they don't, they have a relationship with religion. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. If that makes sense. Like I can go to church three times a week. I read my Bible, post about it on Instagram. But do you truly have a relationship with Jesus, or you're just trying to check stuff off a list so you can say, I, I was a good Christian this week. Right. So I'm just trying to make, like for me, how I live my life is I want to make sure that sometimes I slip, most of the time I slip because I'm not perfect, but am I, did I do better than what I did yesterday? And if I didn't, Holy Spirit correct me so I can do better tomorrow. But there's so many people that are so proud and pompous and think like, I got this under, I got this under wraps. But the, if you read the Bible, what's so funny, like when I read the Bible, Paul, he was riding on his high horse and then he got yeah. knocked down. So any religious folks listen to this before you get knocked down, please humble yourself under yeah. the mighty power of God. Because when you start to think and go back to the original question, where do people get their value from? Don't think you're so prideful that you don't need Jesus to give you your value anymore. Because most people. They start thinking like, okay, I can do, I can, I can recite the scriptures. I know what to say, what to do. I know how to live. But if you start to put your value into your pride, then you're going to, you're going to fall real, real. Yeah. Pride comes before the fall. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of people like I grew up in the church. I'm a, a pastor's kid. And like what happens is I used to like get prideful. But what happened to me, the thing I was always prideful in the previous season is the same thing I, I fall victim to in the next season. So that's why I can never be prideful anymore. I'm like, God, I, I feel something coming up. Like cleanse me, <laughs> remind me where I came from. <laughs> Cause so, you know what I mean? So, and like you said, like your value truly comes from Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our own likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. You get your, you get your value because of the person who created you. The reason why the iPhone is so expensive, because the person who created iPhone. Like, I don't know if you're iPhone or Android. If you're an Android person, you're going to have to pray for your salvation but is that an android oh no iphone okay, <laughs> so so the reason why they can charge a thousand dollars for a phone because apple has a reputation of doing good things putting out good um products not failing at the stuff they say the reason why you have so much value whoever's listening to this is because your manufacturer your creator has a reputation of being undefeated. That's where you get your value from. That's where you can trust. That's where you can lean on. It's not because of what the world is doing. It's not, what, Amen. it's not because of what your past. It's not what, what your trajectory is. It's because the person who created you is Amen. undefeated. He loves you. He cares for you. And he's walking with you on this journey. Yes. Amen. So Lisa, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think just um, continuing to grow in faith. I saw this analogy that I thought was kind of cool. So I'm going to share it with you guys. It basically says, um, how crazy would it be if you go to the Apple store? Since we're talking about iPhones, that's why I remembered. Yeah. It says, how crazy would they look at you if you go into the Apple store and you ask for an iPhone 3? <laughs> they don't make them anymore. Yeah. They're out of service. They're, they're, you're going to have to find, you know what I mean? And so in a way, it's like you have to continue to grow in your faith. You can't stay in one place and think, that's enough. Yeah. No, you have to continue to stay in the word, continue to grow and mature, you know, in Christ so that you can, you know, bless others. Yeah. If you stay at a certain level, you will not be able to, um, you know, be a blessing to other people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's just one thing I think is important with the knowledge that you have. How can you want to keep it to yourself? You want to share it with the world. So um, the more, you know, you gain a knowledge, the more you can share. That is so good. I heard one time is, it's not our job to pour out of our cup. It's our job to pour out of our overflow. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So that's why people, you see so many people burning out and like going into disgrace and everything like that. Cause they never poured from their overflow. They poured out of their cup. But like okay. you're saying, if you, if you spend time with Jesus and you fellowship with him every single day and you be intentional, then you will start to get the overflow and then now you can be a blessing to others because now you have the overflow. Yes. Bless. So that's good. That's really good, Lisa. Any other thing before we go to the second question? I'm trying to see what else I can think of value. Um, yeah, they, um, you, I don't know if you've seen that saying, uh, the devil calls you by your sin, but God calls you by your name. Yeah. So, you know, no matter what you've done in your past, that does not define, that does not determine your value. Yeah. Does it matter that you 
Um, if you're not a virgin, if you're, um, you know, but now you want to wait for marriage, mm-hmm. right? Because that may seem, you know, paradox. Like, oh, well, you, you're not a virgin. And what, what makes you think now, you know, well, I'm not who I was. Yeah. You know, I'm who God calls me to be. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter what, if you've had an abortion, if you um, have done anything in your life or if something has happened to you that was very um, harmful, you are not that. That's yeah. not your value. It is washed clean by the blood of Christ. When you come to him, he washes you white. So good. He washes you white with his, you know, with his blood and you can be cleansed. And so your value is not determined by what you've experienced. It is only determined on his finished work on that cross. He knew your value the moment he died on that cross and okay. resurrected. That is so good. Let's just go to the second question because it kind of ties into that. My second question to you, Lisa, is, how does a person not put their value in other people's opinions? Well, so your morals, your values, they're all subjective, but there's a standard to which we have to measure ourselves by. And I'm going to use the example of um, Hitler and Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. So the worst being obviously Hitler and then the best right person, I guess you can say, would be Mother Teresa. Yeah. Where in the middle is that is considered... Um, the standard or okay to get into heaven, right? We'll say like most people are between the five and the six, maybe even a seven. Um, Some are not as bad as Hitler. Some are not as good as Mother Teresa, but most people fall right in the middle. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is that not even Mother Teresa has led a perfect life and that it is far past her. And only one person lived that perfect sinless life who is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so everyone's going to have an opinion But here's the thing. What's the standard? Jesus. What's the standard? Because, you know, um, some you you have abortions is split between pro-life and pro-choice. Yeah. Genders, you have, you know, people that feel that you should um, be able to choose your pronouns and others feel that, you know, the gender was defined at birth by God. So everybody has an opinion. But what I say, you know, my value comes from Christ. So he's the standard. So regardless of what people think, yeah. um, I stick to the truth, even if it means being persecuted, even if it means um, losing people, my value is going to stay firm. If I say, no, it's okay. You can, you know, you can do gay marriage. That's okay. Then I'm not being true to Christ. Mm-hmm. And my value is not really in Christ. My value is an acceptance from society. Yeah. So, yeah. So you hit on a lot. <laughs> so one thing is the truth is the truth. <laughs> you can't change the truth. And some people would like to say like, well, this is what it meant back in the day. No, what I know is that Jesus, <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> what I know is Jesus is the same yesterday, today. and Yes. Forever. So I don't really agree. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I have sinned. I have fallen short in the glory. And what I think the church problem is, we like to elevate one sin above the other. No, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We should stand against all sin. But what happens is the church will only stand against one sin and let the other sin slide by. So as the church of Jesus Christ, we have to approach with love, of course. Don't don't approach with con- condemnation or with a pride spirit saying, like, I'm better than you. Let's approach it with love. But like you said, truth will always be truth. Like right. You can't go say, like, I love Jesus, but then stab him in the back by saying that you pro- promote things that he's against. 
Yes. So the problem is too that no matter how loving you come across to someone, some people will get offended because yeah. the truth is convicting yeah. and the truth hurts. Yeah. So um, I have gotten comments where people will say, well, that's not Christ-like because you're saying, you know, or something, if I'm saying that something is a sin or it's wrong or whatever, um, I could be loving. Yeah. They'll still call me out and say, you know, I'm unchristlike. And I said, well, actually, you don't know Christ. Like I know because he called people Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Call people pigs, dogs, and you name it. But you know what? At the end of the day, he stayed um he stayed truthful mm-hmm. with what he spoke. He didn't sway, he didn't, you know, he wasn't afraid of offending people. You know, he offended people if he had to. Yeah. He wasn't going around, you know, just bashing, but when it needed to be, he did it. Of course, he's the you know creator of all things, so he had the best and perfect discernment. We don't, yeah. we're valuable, so we're gonna have misjudgments from time to time. We may end up being we're, we're, we're trying to be truthful. We may end up being um, con- like condemning others where we don't mean to. So that's where, um, like you said, staying humble. I've been corrected before. Um, I've had um, someone say, oh, you're, you're coming across um, as prideful. And when I saw that, it, it really humbled me. I said, oh, okay, yeah, no, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. And I had to repent and I had to apologize to um, the individual. But I think that, you know, as long as we stay on track with Christ, like I said before, you will you will check yourself or somebody will check you and you will be open with you and humble enough or have humility to accept that criticism and understand that you're not you're not perfect. And you don't know it all. So. Yeah, that, sometimes you get that that reality check that, yeah, you're not perfect. Uh, <laughs> so get it together. Be humble. So. Another thing is why I realized that some people's opinions are foreign because of someone's past. So let's talk about that real quick. It's like, oh, you used to do this. So they assume that you're that. Even when Paul, when he stopped persecuting the church, because Paul was killing people. And then he goes on to read two thirds of the um, New Testament or he goes to write two thirds of the New Testament. And but then people are saying, like, no, you kill them. We have this opinion about you. So let's talk about how, like, sometimes people's past will determine how people think of them well i think um if someone is valuing you based on your past then they they must not know christ themselves Mm -hmm. Um, because christ is about grace and forgiveness so if you can't let go and forgiveness is is literally forgiving the person and letting it go if you can't let that go and you have that bond where you just feel like, no, because I, I just remember that this is what you used to do. I can't get over that. Then how do you expect Christ to feel about you when you face him on judgment day and he chooses not to get over your sins? Yeah. Because, you know, like we said before, nobody's perfect, right? Take the log out of your eye before you um, speak on um, your brother's eye. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, we're not perfect. And no matter, even if we, sit in a box and do nothing we're still gonna sin by our thoughts so it's kind of like you really can't you can't hold anybody's past against them you have to learn to let go it's one of the hardest things to do but um it's also one of the most important and freeing things that you can do because it releases you from bitterness yeah in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 16 and 17 it says so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. 
This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The yes. old life is gone. A yes. new life has begun. So Amen. watching. So if you were a hoe, I'm being real, Lisa, if you were a hoe before you knew in a sense, no. you are a new <laughs> creation. Uh, that I wasn't, but. <laughs> Do what? I said that was that I was not, but um, no, I'm, anyone I'm, I'm who talking, has been. I'm talking about people watching, not you, Lisa. I'm talking about people watching. <laughs> so, <laughs> So if you had if you had low self esteem before you knew Jesus, just know that you're a new creation. Yes, but I will be honest. I was, you know, um, I would I wouldn't give myself like that. But I was having, you know, in, like I was being intimate, and it was outside of marriage. Yeah. Um, and it was with a boyfriend. It was long term. It was someone I was committed to. But nevertheless, it was still sinful. It didn't make it right because we weren't married, um, under you know, the court of law. Yeah, that's true. So, but we all we we all fall short of the oh one hundred percent of God. So if if you were a cheat, a thief, whatever you did before you knew Jesus, accepted Him because one thing I, I don't like when people say I know Jesus. Oh, they really meant to say I know of Jesus because if you really know Jesus, you start acting like Jesus. Yeah, they start thinking like, are you a believer in Jesus? If you're a believer, I don't know if I can really rock with you because I need someone who follows Jesus. Because the Bible says even the demons know about God. Yes. And yes. they tremble in fear at the mention of his name. So are you following Jesus is a true question. But if you that, know Jesus. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect because you hear a lot where people say, well, you know, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So, you know, I, I have that, that connection. Mm -hmm. um, but they go on living their life in a very sinful, wicked way, deceiving yeah. people, cheating you know, like you said, uh, just sleeping around, doing all kinds of stuff. But just you saying that you accept Jesus, but your life is showing the the fruit of say it's basically unholy. Yeah. And you know, it's showing that you really didn't accept him mm -hmm. because in the Bible, Jesus says, "If you love me, you will obey my commands." Yeah. So if you don't obey his commands, you don't really love him. Yeah. And what I realize is, people will accept Jesus Christ as their savior but they won't set them as their Lord. You know why? Because they want the benefits of heaven mm -hmm. and the benefits of earth. It's the people that want their cake and eat it too. Yeah. They want to have the best of both worlds. They want to be able to say like, I accept Jesus. So just in case, you know, they can make it to heaven, but they still do not give up their fleshly desires, which we know in the Bible, you need to crucify your flesh. You need to pick up your cross daily. It's not just a once a week thing. On a Sunday, um, you know, you go to church. That's not picking up your cross, by the way, folks. Just in case anyone was wondering, picking up your cross and Jesus says, um, you must deny your flesh, pick up your cross, and follow me. He is not referring to just going to church once a week and that's it. That's not picking up your cross. It is doing it daily when you know that you have to crucify your flesh for those desires that are um, fatal, those desires that are that are, um, you know, sinful, lust. All those things. If you see you're scrolling through social media, it's impossible to scroll and not see something lustful. I unfollow them because I'm not going to allow myself to stumble. Yeah. And picking up your cross is literally just really just making yourself obedient to the Lord. Like as for me, I for me, I don't scroll on explore pages like on TikTok, on um, Instagram. I don't do that because it's just. It's easy way for the enemy just to attack my eyes. And then for annoy, I, I quickly got out of it, but now it's in my brain. 
and it's gonna keep turning around. So I was like, as a rule for me, I'm not gonna no explore pages. I rarely get on social media as it is because I know how big of a temptation it could be. Only, usually, I use my temptation. Uh, the, the time I use my social media, it's like to promote the gospel now. So before I didn't really post on it, but now it's just to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's a lot of temptation in the social media era. I only follow Christian accounts, honestly. Um, it brightens, it, it helps me, you know, it keeps me focused. It's like, I see all types of messages and some are comedy, some are fun and, you know, funny, yeah. but some are very, you know, inspiring. And you, and you, there are certain posts that I see that I needed at that moment, at that yeah. time. It, and it, it was just what I needed. And I'm like, oh man, I was praying about something. And then I see it. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God. He like answers me through a social media post, you know, yeah. but that's, that's just like the glory of God. Like he hears you at all times. You know, he's a mission. He's everywhere. So that's so good. Um, following Christian accounts is great. Is it's, you know, not non-stumbling. So it's definitely um, recommend, you know, recommend it. That's so good. Anything you want to add? Before we go to the next um, with regards to people um, not putting your value in other people's opinions. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I think we hit, you know, so far, at least what I could think of. Okay. So my third question to you, Lisa, is how does a person not put their value in their accomplishments or accolades? Because in the so culture I, we live in is like hustle, hustle culture, like you grind, grind, grind. And once you like get the car, when you get the house, that's when you, that's when people start to get their value. So how do we, yes, that culture? Yes. So, yeah. So I, so I say, um, you know, I want you to tell me about, you know, tell me like, or what is it? Um, ask someone to strip away everything that they have ever worked hard for. So take away their titles, their degrees, their salaries, any awards. And now how would they describe themselves? And a lot of people won't know what to say because they tie, they tie their identity to what they do. Yeah. So um, you say, oh, like, what do you do? Or, you know, tell me about yourself. It's like, oh, I'm a lawyer or I'm a doctor or I'm this. You're not that. That's just your title. That's what you that's what you do. But yeah. it's not who you are. Come on. And so, um, you know, just it's. You can't you can't identify with what you do, because all of that can also be stripped away. I'll give you an example. I used to do rotations when I was going to nursing school. And I remember I was. Um, we're taking care of this man he was in his 40s he wasn't even that young he wasn't even that old he was like you know fine and he was working he was a broker for wall street and somewhere i don't know but he ended up having a stroke and he became just like like the man he couldn't take care of himself so here he is um where he he was making all this money he had everything he was on top of the world and now his life humbled him to where he was in a hospital bed being taken care of, not, not even by the nurses, but by the nursing students. We were like wow. the main ones there. Wow. And so life will humble you so quick. It's like there's that um, proverbs that says a man who is often rebuked and remains stiff neck will be broken beyond repair. Yeah. And I say that's such a scary verse because if God does not repair you, then who can? No one. So if a person is no longer um, working or got, you know, um, a football player or let's just say um, the pandemic, that's another example. So last year, everything shut down. So it didn't matter if you were, you know, a movie star, it didn't matter, you know, you worked in um, 
you know, you made all this money. It's like, if your company shut down, now what? Now, now what do you do? If your identity was tied to your job mm. um, or to what your accomplishments were. And they take that away. They just took away your identity. Yeah. So now what do you stand on? You, you don't. A lot of people um, will commit suicide or they end their lives because now they don't have a purpose. And that's the problem. Your purpose should not ever be in what you do. It should, it should be in who you are in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Because I know of many people that would neglect their families, neglect their friends, neglect even their purpose. Because they're trying to prove their value through their accomplishments and accolades. So it's just crazy. Like, people are like, yes, I'm a mom, I gotta do all this. Don't kill yourself, kill yourself because you're mom. I'm not saying don't, don't take care of your children. That's not what I'm saying. But when your value is tied into you being a mom and not being a daughter of the living God, that's right. when people start to start to pretty much kill themselves. Like they will overwork themselves, they will overextend themselves. Because they start to think that like, I have to do something to prove this. Yes. To that I am worth something. When God already proved yes. it thousand years ago when he sent down his son to die on the cross for your sins. So. I and just, I say people, I, I, and I mean this, you know, to be honest, but the people that you try to impress while you're alive, like when, when you die, they, you will be forgotten in two months. Yeah. They will not be bringing your, your name up every day. They will not be talking about like all that hard work. And then, you know, nobody's going to talk about the car you drove. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, 10 years later, or the house you lived in. It's just kind of like, oh, who cares? You know, um, it, it's, it's like you live your life trying to impress people that are not going to really think about you after you're gone. Mm -hmm. But then the creator of the universe who cares about what you, how you lived your life, Come on. what you did to honor him, that's who's going to, you know, care. And you, you know, we tend to neglect the most important thing, our eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was Pastor Francis Chan. He had like an example of a rope. And you know, like the little thing at the end. Yeah, I seen it. Yeah. I seen it. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, it's like a little part of the end. And he talks about this is your life. But then he talks about the whole rope and this is eternity and the rope kept going. So don't live for now. You should always live with eternity in mind. And that's how I live. That's how Lisa lives. We always live with eternity in mind. We're not living so we can earn our value. We are sons and daughters of the king. So there's nothing we can do to lose our value or earn our value. But now, yes. now we're trying to have the fruit in our lives because we know our value. When you know something is valuable, let's talk about let's talk about modesty for a second. When you're when you know your value, you want to cover things up that only your spouse needs to see. I'm yes. talking, let me talk to guys real quick. You don't need to post every picture which with does you have in shorts on. You don't have to flex on people with like the cars you got, the money you got, because once you know who your value who your value comes from, you don't have to show your accomplishments and your accolades to prove to yourself that you're valuable. God has already told you you're valuable. So now let us live a quiet and humble life. Lisa, you want to talk about that real quick? Yes, no, I agree. I 100% agree. I think um, I see that a lot too, you know, on social media. I think, you know, and, and women, we, we get frustrated because we want to be respected and we want um, to be approached a certain way, but we see the bait that we put out and mm -hmm. you can't really fault you know, for being approached a certain way when the bait that you're putting out is for that specific type of um, feedback. 
Yeah. And so um, 100%, when you value yourself, you don't feel the need to have to prove that you are um, beautiful or that, you know, you would you should want me or anything like that because you know beauty fades. You already know all of that is just, first of all, even in a marriage, like, and I've never been married, but I know after a certain number of years, it's, you're not lusting after your spouse like you did at the beginning. Yeah. So that fades. But what truly stays is the person's character. That's who you can live with is their character, their soul. Um, and so it's like, that's what people really need to see. It's like the person's character. Like, how do they, um, how do the integrity behind this person? Can you trust them when you leave the house or when you turn your back? Can you, can you trust them with your life? You know? And so um, a person that, you know, has their value in Christ, like you said, they're going to be more like Christ. The person doesn't find their value in Christ and they find it in their job, their money, their cars. Um, well, we all know that the God of this earth is Satan. So yeah. they're going to be um, representing or they're going to be more like Satan. Yeah. So what I realize is when you put your value in the things of this earth, it is going to lead to death. But when oh, you yeah. put your value in Jesus, that's what leads you to eternal life. Yes. So I think that's what people just need to realize that at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, your accomplishments, see, this is what I realized. If you don't, if you have a bad month at your job or a bad three months, they will replace you in a, in a heartbeat. But Jesus, if you have a bad decade, he will never replace you. He will keep knocking on the door of your heart. He, keep, he will keep whispering in your ear that you're worth it, you're valuable. So I don't know why people want to put their value in their accomplishments and accolades and try to show off because the people that are with you today if you lose it all, it will leave you tomorrow. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. But you know, unfortunately, you know they they choose that. That's that's their god. That's their idol. Where it says the Bible that the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. they're they're siding with that. Yeah. So that's I have nothing else to say. Is it's, it's the it's the world or the culture we have fostered. The, like you need to work hard you need to show off you need to show you need to earn yeah. your value you need to show your worth like, yes all i have to do is point to the cross you want me to show my worth i'll point to the cross that that's what people don't understand people like want to confuse the, the whole gospel this is the gospel of jesus christ that god the creator of the universe the one who said let there be he spoke it and it was he loved us so much he valued valued us so much that he sent out his only son so he had a decision between Edward and Jesus, and he picked Edward, <laughs> which is so weird. He picked me instead of Jesus. And then Jesus, like Lisa or Jesus, yep. he picked Lisa. And then Amen. Jesus took our cross, died a sinner's death, and then rose on the third day. And people still want to think like, oh, my value is every, in everything I do. No, no, no. Your value is in what Jesus did. So don't ever get the game twisted. Like, I sh if I do this, I can add more value. If you want to think, look at it like in the earthly sense, yes, more money value. But in eternal sense, if you give your life to Jesus, your value is already there. And yeah. even, even if you haven't given your life to Jesus, Jesus still loves you. Yeah. You're still valued. But if you want eternal life with Jesus, the person who values you, you have to put your hope and your trust in him. Yep. Anything else? Before we go to the next question. I, I agree. All right. So the fourth question I have for you, Lisa, is 
How can a person combat the enemy when he's attacking their value? I think of the part um, in Matthew when, when they're on the boat and it's a storm and then they see that Jesus is, is standing and he's walking on the water. And then Peter, you know, says, if you are, you know, son of God, ask me to come. And Jesus says, come. So Peter steps off the boat and is as long as he's gazing at Jesus. Come on. He he's walking on water. Yeah. And the moment he takes his gaze off, he starts to sink. He starts to fall. And I think we think about um, when he took his eyes off Jesus, right, because the storm was getting, you know, wild and it was getting rowdy. We think the storm of life, we think when we're going through a breakup, when we're going through um, a, a job loss, a loss of a loved one, we're going through anything in life that just attacks the core of who you are. That's the storm, you know, that that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and was looking at. He was yeah. looking at his problem. And I think, you know, that's when you begin to sink and you begin to fall into the water and then you drown into that. Um, sadness, hopelessness, misery, and depression. And through that, the devil can easily go into the next step and say, you should kill yourself. You should do this. So that's such an important scripture to me because it shows that we can't keep, we can't take our eyes off of Jesus. Like we need to keep our gaze in him. Um, We need to keep our gaze onto Jesus so that we can weather the storm. Yeah. And we can walk on water and we can we can stay afloat above the tragedies, above everything that happens. We can stay. Um, you know, the Bible, uh, there's a saying that's, that they say, oh, God will not give you um, something that you can't handle. It doesn't say that. It says God will not let you be tempted beyond um, what you, you cannot measure. And so, but when it comes to something bad, yes, sometimes God, you know, will allow something to happen that will be beyond what you can handle because then that's when you stop handling it and you give it to God and you allow God to do the work because if you are in control of it all the time, where is there space for faith? Faith needs to be given room in order to operate. You need to let God, you know, work in your life and it, it works best through faith. That's so and good. so um, that's, that's where I feel um, that when the enemy is attacking your valley, when you feel very low about yourself for whatever reason, someone did something or just life in general, um, yeah. you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Whether it's going on a YouTube because, you know, reading scripture, it's, easy, you know, we can tell everybody, read scripture, read scripture. If, if that's something that you feel like, oh, you, you feel lazy, start with a YouTube video. Yeah. Work your way to, you know, reading scriptures consistently, but you can watch a YouTube video that will, um, there's like, it's called be still holy. It's a be still meditate in the Holy spirit or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's like a six hour meditation video. But when yeah. I tell you, when I was going through my, um, rockiest moments, I played that on at night because I yeah. couldn't sleep. So I would play it on at night. And so as I'm falling asleep, in the midst of all the pain, I all I'm hearing is it's like a very soft music and a very soft voice is speaking that says, God will command his angels to protect you. Yeah. No plague will come near your home. And and they're reading scripture. They're reading scripture over your life. Yeah. And and they're they, you know, they're going through Psalms, they go through each book, and it's all with the soft music and it's like this peace that I felt. I remember I was just feeling so peaceful. Another thing that helped was worship. 
you know, listening to worship music and praising the Lord, even in the times where I didn't feel like worshiping and praising. So the biggest, and I would say the most time that I could remember where I was praising the Lord, the most, the most. And when I say praising, I mean, like I was just listening to Christian music. Yeah. 24 seven was when I, when I had just lost my sister and I couldn't function. I couldn't, you know, I took off of work, but when it was time to go back, I just was like, I can't even focus. I can't do anything. I just kept seeing my sister. And then um, I just put Christian music. Even when I went to the, like anything that I did to shower, whatever, I would just put Christian music because it was like, I can't, I couldn't even go a minute without it because I would start to cry and I would start to um, panic and have anxiety. So Christian music was literally what was making me like feel stable. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, some people take medications or whatever. To me, that was my medication. It was Christian music and worshiping and praising. Um, and it got, it helped so much. It helped so much. That's so good. And like to go back to um, when you talk about how Peter was walking on water and then he fell what if you read the next verse it says that he said lord help me and then jesus extended his hand to help peter so yes so whoever is going through hopelessness or like you in a funk or in depression if you just say lord jesus help me he's more than willing and ready to help you out of your situation yes so. And, and it's true because the moment that I stopped listening to Christian music when I was going through that tough time was the moment that I would break down. Like I couldn't be without it because it was it was too hard to be alone in my yeah. thoughts and not have anything. It, it was too hard. And so um, really keeping my gaze and my eyes focused on Jesus is what got me through that loss. Wow. Thank you for sharing that moment with us. Now, that this is going to help a lot of people. Because yes, yes. Because sometimes if you lose someone, now the enemy start attacking your mind, like, oh, you should have been nicer, you should have done this, you should have been with her, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like then you start to realize that I couldn't do anything, I can't supersede God's so- sovereignty. But as I'm going through this pain, Lord, I'm giving this to you. Because the Bible yes. says cast your burdens to God for he cares for you. So you know what I'm going through, I know what I'm going through, and I know that if you're not with me in it. I don't know if I'm going to make it to see another day. So Lord, yes, this that's how I felt. Yeah. So Lord, I'm just giving this to you. So in James chapter four, verse seven, it says, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's so Amen. many people who call themselves Christians and they're running away from the devil. God has given us the power to resist the devil and he will flee from us. Like people mm-hmm. can outlast the devil because we were created in the image of an everlasting God. God created the devil. Then the devil went, the devil went crazy. The devil wanted to become greater than well, God. God. Created, yeah, God created Lucifer, an yeah. angel, and then it fell, you know, became the devil, the devil. became this, this ugly demon. But the, the word of God is, is, a, is a sword. Yeah. You fight, you fight, you know, with this, like, um, any attack, any spiritual battle, you fight it with the sword, which is the word of God. Yeah. So, yeah, the sword of the spirit is what we need to. Ta- we, we can use the sword of the spirit to, to divide and destroy the lies the devil throws at us. Yep. So you just got to realize that you got to realize that human beings are the only being that's created in God's own image, which means we have the opportunity. We have the ability to destroy the lies of the enemy. 
Yeah. Well, my pastor once said about lies, like a lie does not have to be true to destroy you. And I was like, wow. So when, when the enemy is attacking your, your value, just realize that you should respond with the word of God. Yes. In Matthew chapter four, after Jesus did his 40 days fast before he started his ministry, the Bible says that the enemy, the devil went to go tempt him and says, if you are the son of God, right. questioning his value. If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. If you yes. are the son of God, throw yourself off this high mountain. And then what did Jesus say? He's like, it is written that man should not live off of bread alone. It is written that you should not test the Lord, your God. You know yes. I mean? So anytime the enemy is tempting you or trying to attack your value, just remember that you have to respond with the word of God. Do not respond with your own intellect. Do not respond with your own wisdom, your own understanding. Respond with the word of God. Because I'm here to tell you right now, the word of God has been there since the beginning and is, is undefeated. <laughs> so just respond with the word of God. At least you want yes. to add to that? I agree. I think, you know, like, you know, what brother is saying is you have to, if you can't find, if you can't bring yourself because you don't like to read, Put a YouTube video that's going to read it for you and, yeah. it, you know, put a little music. It has a little music to it and it'll read the Bible for you. Yeah. There's so many. When we think about how hard it was for back in the day for you know people to read the Bible. And now we have it translated in how many languages and how many countries and it's available. You can order it off Amazon. People have been beheaded. People have lost their lives in order to get the message out and to get the Bible out. So the fact that we have it so easy with all we have to do is just simply um, order it off Amazon and we don't do that. We, we don't realize how easy we have it. Yeah. And it's on our phones. The Bible app is free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't even have to order it. You can just download it. Yes. Yeah. And then we have access to the internet. So is, is this crazy how we don't take advantage of the only thing we know can defeat the enemy? Yes. So we just got to we got to take advantage of it because the devil is wreaking havoc right now. I think the devil is trying to use the pandemic, even though we're coming towards the tail end of it, to destroy a lot of people's lives. Because if you look at it, if you look at the statistics, pornography is at an all time high. Yeah. Um, um, addiction is at an all time high. Suicide. Suicide is an all time high. Um, abuse in families are in a, at an all time high. So the only way you can combat those things is through the word of God. If you're bound, you can start reciting that who the sun sets free is free indeed. And most of these things are because people are bound. So you need to start saying that, I don't want to be bound anymore because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free is yeah. free. That's the only verse you can say, to say that over and over and over again. And then you would resist the devil and he has no choice but to flee from you. Let me tell you why he's fleeing from you, Lisa. He's not fleeing from us because we're this big and bad and we know how to quote scriptures. He's fleeing from us because the person who's with us. Like, have you ever been with somebody like when you're walking through, you're like, no, no one can mess with me because I'm with this person. Or maybe right. for you, it's like, oh, no one can mess with me. Like, that's how like my nephew is like, if I'm walking around, it's like, no one can mess with me because, you know, my uncle, my uncle's with me. You know what I mean? Right. So once you realize that Jesus is with you, then you can start reciting the words of God and then they will flee because he knows that he has no, he has no chance <laughs> against you, which really against Jesus. So basically, yeah. So like my next question to you is in the society, 
Why is it so important to stand out and not fit in? And I think of one verse, and that's Matthew 7, 13, where it says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it. So broad is the gate to to destruction, and many enter through it means that the majority of the people, those that are fitting in, are on the broad path. Yeah. The ones that are standing out and are very few and far in between are on the narrow path, which leads to eternal life. Yeah. So if you ask me, you know, I, I say if everyone likes you, um, but you're preaching the gospel, which I'm going to use the example of Joe Austin, you're doing it wrong hmm. because you you you're supposed to be helping to have you're supposed to be helping with people feeling convicted, um, convicted with their sin, right? If you don't preach about, uh, if you don't preach about repentance and all you preach about is God is going to bless your life. God is going to bless your life. Then you're going to keep people living in sin mm-hmm. and you're leading so many people astray because yes, God does, you know, all things, all things that are good do come from God, but you can't. Okay. Okay. So, um, I, I apologize. I didn't expect it. Um, so all good things that, you know, come from God. So yes, but we can't, um, hold on. Let me see. I have to take a note on this. Um, but if all you do is just preach on the good things and just say, you know, oh, you're going to be blessed with, um, the marriage of your dreams. You're going to be blessed with the car, the dream job and everything else is just all all you need to do is just have faith and you'll, you'll get what you want. No, sometimes you're not going to get what you want. Yeah. Um, anything that we get extra is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Anything like even children, like if, you know, some people can't conceive. Yeah. Um, it's not that they're cursed. It's not like, you know, that God didn't love you. It's just that it's a different path for everyone, but anything that we get is a blessing. But it's not required, and God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything. He did. He did everything that we can ever get. You know that we can never earn. We can never repay him. We, I mean, he already did it. He he did it through Christ. So, um, you so know, I, it's important to preach the truth. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe there's always going to have to be a balance. We can't we can't preach about the goodness and, and blessings of God if we don't talk about you know repentance. I think there should always be a balance. And um, you talk about Pastor Joel Olsen. I think everyone has a part in their in the body of Christ. So I believe that he can help mentor people. But what I what I don't like about Christianity in America is that people rely so much on the pastor and they're not forming their own relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's the thing. Um, God entrusts people to lead you know people to to him to god you know Mm -hmm. to him um so when this person is not doing it um you know for the glory of god and it's just kind of keeping people are not being led closer to god Mm -hmm. they're they're being led closer and closer to sin they're being led to stay the way they are because they are just wonderful they're fine Mm -hmm. they don't have to you know repent there there's no connection there's no relationship between you know the the sheep that god has entrusted him with um, with God, with Christ. And so it is a very, um, 
it's it has it, there's a higher standard for preachers, you know, especially when they have a big platform because you have people who are relying, like you said, they may not go to the Bible. You may be the only Bible that someone reads. Yeah. And so you want to make sure that you can at least do a good job at leading people close to God and not just keeping them in their sin. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, for fear of losing what you think um, is popularity or whatever the case may be, money. So what, how would you approach that? Say you were in that position. Like, how would you approach that? Well, I try to stick to the truth. So I preach about everything and, you know, repentance. I know that some people say, oh, you know, you just have to accept Jesus. Yes, you do. But you can't just simply accept Jesus and continue to live in sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I try to teach that you, you have to actually obey him. You have to live a life that shows that you are saved. Because if, you, if, you're, um, if you're living in sin, and you're calling yourself a Christian, you're misrepresenting Christ. Yeah, I agree. And you lead by example. So the way you live your life is going to determine, you know, like, oh, this person, if, you know, if you have someone following you um, and the, if you are posting pictures and say you smoking, that's going to have someone else thinking that, oh, I can smoke too. And it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Christian or, you know, drinking, getting drunk or whatever. It's, so it's like the way you live your life is going to um, lead others as well. But I try to stick to the truth with repentance. I try to stick to the truth with, no, you have to, you know, give up your sin because um, it says that nor idolaters, fornicators, thieves, homosexuals will enter the kingdom of God. And so, you know, we have to, if you take God's word as truth, then he means what he says. And if you continue to live in sin and think that, you know, you're okay, then Unfortunately, that, you know, the person's going to have to learn the hard way, but that's the whole point. You know, preachers should try to get people to understand that, you know, we, you shouldn't want to wait until the, you don't, you shouldn't want to learn the hard way. Yeah. You know, you should know now, give up your sin, repent, um, you know, and turn, turn from your sin and give your life to Christ. Surrender. Yeah. And that's, that's what repentance means. It just means to turn from what we're doing to turn back to God. So that's what it is a Greek word for metanoia. So just to change your mind and go closer to God. So no way is, is Lisa saying that you have to be perfect because there's no one perfect. But every day you should be close, getting closer and closer to Jesus. Um, th- that That's what you're saying, right, Lisa? I don't want to put words in Of course. <laughs> well, yeah, because you can't, you can't, first of all, you can try to be perfect and you will still fail by a long shot. It's not even like you can almost make it. You could never, Mother Teresa is nowhere near perfect. Like you can never be perfect. Yeah. So, you, you know, you don't, you're not trying to be perfect. You're trying to be holy. That's the difference. You, you're not looking for perfection because even that could be a sin. Yeah. A perfectionist is coming off as prideful. Yeah. You're trying to be holy. That's really what you want. You want to live a holy life. Yeah. That's so good. Anything you want to add? No, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, Romans 12, verse 2 says, do not copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So his will is perfect. Does not mean we're going to be perfect. But my, my suggestion to everyone, Lisa, is like if they start, if they're still struggling in sin, because I used to struggle in sin and everything like that. My, whole, my, my suggestion to people is, Spend more time with Jesus. 
Because more time you spend with someone, your your um character will start to rub off of someone. Yes. Acting like the person you spend time with. So that's my my recommendation. Like, oh, I'm showing to spend more time with Jesus. Spend more time with Jesus. Spend more time with Jesus. And then little by little, I'm not God can do it overnight. But usually what I've seen is like usually people is process by process by process. It took me years. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It took me years to give up, you know, sin after sin. I just me knowing as I was getting closer to God um, and I was giving up this sin. And then I knew I had to give up. You know, I think the hardest sin for me to give up was sex. I think that was something that was very hard. But it's just when you fall in love with the Lord, you genuinely um, want what he wants for your life. Mm -hmm. You do want to please him above everyone. Yeah. And so that's kind of where, you know, like you said, having a relationship because you allow yourself to really get changed and transform. Yeah. And then when you when you get closer to Jesus, like whatever breaks his heart will start to break your heart. And then you just don't yeah. want to and then you won't get the same high or the same pleasure or the same enjoyment from doing or committing the sin. Cause you know, cause let me tell you something, you know, what's, what's real is the Holy spirit conviction. It's yeah. like, you don't even feel like doing it. You're like, why am I even here? What's the point of me even be here? I'm like, I'm over it. And then little by little, God will start to transform your heart because you started to spend more time with him. So that was so good. So my next question to you, Lisa is, what would you say to a person who believes that they had to prove their value to other people? Cause like, cause yeah. we talked offline how your heart is for the youth, but the younger generation is like, is all about peer pressure. You gotta do this. You gotta, you, you gotta do this or you won't be accepted because, and there's so many people that will succumb to the peer pressure because they believe that their value is tied into the acceptance of their peers. So yes. how would you, how would you um, recommend people to deal with that? So it goes back to what is the standard? So you ask the individual who's, who wants to feel valued by other people, I would say, is that person or are these people the standard? Are they the standard of perfection? Because it comes down to like, you know, no one is perfect, right? We just, we establish that no one is perfect. So why is it that you want to, um, why, do you, why do you need approval from someone who is not perfect? Yeah. Because they're not the standard. So getting approval from this individual or a groups of people, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like self-defeating because you're, you're getting approval from, it's like a, a thief getting approval from a murderer. It's one sinner from trying to get approval from another. You, yeah. You're both in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. So while no one better than the other, doesn't matter how much money one makes and the other may not make, you know, as much. Um, they're not better in the worldly terms in society. One is better, yeah. but in God's eyes, we're here. Yeah. And so, you know, what makes us different is who are his children and who are the children of the devil. Yeah. And that's really where our values should be determined. Who's, who's your father? Who do you want? Who's your representative? That's really the value that we should be trying to seek. Yeah. So that when they see me or they see you and they see someone, they know that my father is Christ. They know that my father is God and um, and and not the not the devil. Yeah. That, that's so good. I have nothing. I have nothing to say. <laughs> that was so good, Lisa. So my last question to you is how does a person prevent abusing or misusing the value God has given them? Because some people might quote Romans five verse 20. 
God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. But people, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So another version says that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So how can people prevent the temptation of abusing and misusing the value God has given them? So I think it comes down to, you know, what's in your heart. Yeah. If you're struggling with a sin and you genuinely have um, a hard time with it, God knows that. Yeah. You give it to God. You pray on it. You fast. You do what you can. But when someone doesn't feel remorseful, when they continue to do the sin because they think, well, I'm under grace. Yeah. Well, now that's manipulation. Yeah. So that's where, you know, it defers. God knows the heart, not mm-hmm. your actions. Yeah. So if you're, at, you, if you're showing that, you know, you think that, well, the more I sin, the more grace I'll have. So let me just continue sinning. You just shot yourself in the foot because you just defeated the whole purpose of what grace is. Yeah. Grace yeah. is not to be manipulated. God's no fool. He yeah. created you. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you can't fool the creator. You can't, you can fool your neighbor. You can fool your, your parents, your child, your teacher, um, your, your significant other, but you cannot fool the creator who knows the number of hairs on your head. So to think that you can fool him is foolish. That's true. And then if you continue down to Romans 6, verse 1 to 2, and like when when they made the Bible, it didn't have chapters. So this is a, a continuous. Yes. Line, but then they added chapters. So people might get confused. But this is just a continuation to what he said in Romans chapter 5, verse 20. So Romans 6, verse 1 to 2 says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can <laughs> right. show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have power right. to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Right. So that, and I, I like to say, you know, Matthew five thirteen it says that you are the salt of the earth. Yeah. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out. Yeah. So it becomes worthless. So when you think of salt, it's a preservative. It adds taste. And so with us, when we are the salt of the earth, yeah, we should we serve as a, a preservative to maintain the integrity. Of people around us yeah instead of promoting supporting sin and, and saying oh you know yeah go ahead you know show off and, and do that we should be promoting modesty we should be promoting you know saving yourself from marriage despite where you've been yeah yeah that's so good it's we just have to make sure that we don't abuse the grace yes. or take for granted the grace god has given us because at the end of the day, if we if we start to abuse that and take God's grace for granted, then we're gonna say we can do whatever we want. But that does not yeah. that does not reflect our relationship with Jesus. Because he says, now go out there and bear fruit, fruit that lasts. And living in sin does not bear the fruit that Jesus no. wants us to bear. So any any last advice or suggest to people who might be struggling with their value, they can't see their value. So is there any last no, I mean, I just want to say you have to, you have to trust that, you know, with, that Jesus loves you. Trust that if you don't feel that you are loved, trust this much. Jesus does love you. He loves you so much that he, he died a brutal, torturous death for you. Yeah. He, you know, he rose three days later and showed the glory of God for you. He, he died and resurrected. He did all of that so that you can have a chance. Um, we all deserve punishment, eternal punishment. We all deserve death. I mean, we're sinners. Our hearts are wicked. 
And so the fact that Jesus did all of that so that we could have a chance, that's not something that we should take lightly. Um, it's like being given the best gift possible and saying, I don't want it. It's a gift. Yeah. You don't want to regret it when the time comes that we all, you know, we're all going to die. You don't want to wait until then to get our lives together. Yeah. No one knows when we're going to die. And just because we're young, it doesn't mean that we're going to live, you know, until 80. I lost my sister. She just turned 40. And so, um, you know, tomorrow's not promised. Um, yeah. But you want to get right with God and you want to make sure you have a relationship with Jesus so that you can, you, you have a relationship with him and you can spend eternity with him. Eternity with God is joy and it's peace. There is no pain. There is no crying. Eternity without God is the complete opposite of that. It's pain, yeah. agony, and crying, and all all things bad. Yeah. Um. It's everything that God is removed completely. Yeah. And so you know, choose choose wisely. Yeah. Choose real wisely because it's gonna it's gonna be the rest you know of eternity. If that even makes sense, eternity is a long time and you just want to make sure that um, you're in good terms. God will say on the day of judgment, depart from me. I never knew you to yeah. those who call him Lord, Lord. Didn't we perform miracles in your name? Didn't we um, cast out demons? And he'll say, you lover of iniquity. Depart from me. I never knew you. So if you continue, if you love sin, you stay in that and you you say that you love God, but you really are living for the world then you don't know God. And it's it's just so important that we we know how serious God takes it. We think, you know, he's, God is gracious, but he also is just. Mm-hmm. And no, you know, no one's going to be judged unfairly. Yeah. It's impossible because he is perfect. So whatever judgment, you know, comes, it's going to be just. It's going, it's going to be perfect. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Because um, Jesus came as the redeemer of the world the first time. The second time he's gonna come as a ruler and a judge. And Jesus is coming back. If people wanna believe it or not, Jesus is coming back and he's gonna establish his throne as a judge of the world. So Lisa, thank you so much. For thank giving us you. Practical steps on how to handle our value, especially in the world we live in today. They seem like every time they're attacking our value, every way you, everywhere you turn, they're attacking our value. But thank you for giving us practical steps to handle our value. Yes. So before we end episode eight of Saturday Conversations, we want to get to know you better, Lisa, through a game called This or That. Have you ever played that before? I think so, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'll give you two options, and um, you choose from one of the options, and then that's it. And then I will give you my guesses. These are true guesses because I've never met you before. So maybe I'll see if I'm a good guesser or not. So whenever you're ready, let me know. Okay. All right. So out of the apostles, who would you pick, Peter or Paul? Oh, Peter. I love Peter. (laughs) Even though he, you know, he denied Jesus three times. And that's something that, you know, didn't sit right with me. I did realize that there were times that I myself may have denied Jesus in my past where I wasn't as strong in my faith, you know? Yeah. But then he he made up for it because Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? He said, yes, yes, yes. So it counseled it out. Yes. So you pick Peter. So if you have to eat breakfast, would you choose pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Okay. Um, if you if you say you're going on like a fast, would you choose to eat fruits or vegetables? Oh, fruits. Okay. 
<laughs> Who likes vegetables? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if someone wants to give you a gift, would you prefer shoes or a purse? Probably a purse. Okay. So if you had you had a million dollars, what would you spend it on? Would you spend it on stuff or would you spend it on experience? Oh, um, I guess experience. I think it, it means more. Okay. So I got two out of five, which... Which one? I got fruits because, like you said, no one likes vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and I said experience. Yes. So I really thought you picked pancakes, but it's fine. And um, <laughs> I, I would have been upset if you picked vegetables. If you pick, I would have said, you know what? <laughs> I should be weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then I picked Paul, but Peter's okay. understandable. So I even use Peter as the example of stepping off the boat. <laughs> I guess yeah. maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it, it, it was fresh in your mind. That's why you picked Peter. But no, because I identify with him in that moment when I went through my experience and my loss. Yeah. That um, as long as I kept my my focus on Jesus, I was able to stay like alive. Really, like, yeah. I was able to function. Yeah. Makes sense. So two out of five. So if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, we'll hang out because I need to clearly get to know you better because I got two out of five. So, <laughs> so, We're twins, yeah. <laughs> so before we um, we end, Lisa, do you just mind praying for us? Whatever the spirit leads you to pray, do you just mind praying for us? Sure. Father God, thank you for allowing us to meet and just to be a blessing um, on social media, Lord. May, they, may this touch the youth. May this touch the young women who are trying to find their identity and their value, Lord. May they know and understand that it doesn't come from man, it doesn't come from anyone but you, but your son, um, Lord. I pray for the young boys and the young men watching this. May they understand that value doesn't come from what they earn and who you know they have on their side or what kind of car. It comes from you. Because ultimately, all things, all things could come from you, Lord, but we are. We are children, we are sons and daughters of God, and you know anything can be stripped away from us, but our identity in you is eternal. Um, I praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Um, thank you once again, Lisa. Let me just pray for you real quick. Um, I just pray that God will give you the desires of your heart. I pray that yeah. God will flourish everything you put your hands to and your mind to in my name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray for your son that God will use him mightily for your for his kingdom in my name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you and your son will be like the dynamic duo and dismantle the kingdom of darkness and establish the kingdom of our God. We give the yes. Lord and thanksgiving, Jehovah. We say, blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, that was fun. <laughs> So thank you for tuning in to episode eight of Saturday Conversations. Lisa, where can people find you? Anna Dot Ministry on Instagram and Anna Ministry on TikTok. All right. I'll put the links in the description box below. I want to say another special thank you to Lisa. I know you're a busy individual, so I'm glad that our schedules were able to mash up today. Um, I'm grateful to call you sister. Uh, we only met yes. a couple months ago, so I'm so glad to call you sister. And I'm excited to, for what God is going to do in your life. I'm excited what he's doing right now, and I'm excited what he's going to do in the future in your life and in your son's life. He, he, if he doesn't know, he's, he's in it too. <laughs> yes. So he's in it also. So everyone join the conversation. 
in the comment section below. Tell us what stood out to you throughout the um, from the conversation. If you have any prayer requests, put in the comment section below also. I love you. God bless you. And I'll see you next time.